The Idaho Technology Council presents Innovation Matters, a look at innovators, rule breakers, and thought leaders from across Idaho. From our studios in beautiful downtown Boise, here is your host, the CEO and founder of the Idaho Technology Council, Jay Larson. Hello, Idaho. This is Jay Larson, the CEO of the Idaho Technology Council. Today, I am excited to have you join me on the relaunched Innovation Matters podcast where I will be joined by leaders, thinkers, and innovators from across the Idaho ecosystem. Today, we're excited to be joined by Paris Cole, the recently retired CEO of truckstop.com, to talk about his background, the rise of truckstop.com, and what next is in store for Paris. So this segment is a teaser for Paris's fireside that he will be giving at the 2022 Capital Connect Conference which will take place on April 26th at the Boise State University Simplot Ballroom. Uh, Paris, welcome to Innovation Matters. Thank you, Jay, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So, you know, this is great. Uh, Paris, uh, you just stepped down as the uh, executive chair of the Idaho Technology Council. You, uh, uh, ironically, you are at, you know, four months later, you're now stepping down as CEO of truckstop.com, a lot of change in your life. Yes, a, a lot. Um, and I did not plan it to all to happen at, at kind of uh, this time or the, within a few months of each other. It's just how it happened to work out. But uh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is. It's just worked out. So, but uh, so talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what's uh, what's happening right now, uh, you know, about, you uh, was it three years ago, Paris, when Iconic came and, and purchased for about almost nearly a billion dollars, purchased uh, truckstop.com? And now, uh, I mean, it's been a wild ride, hasn't it, since that uh, Iconic came into the picture? It, it has been. Uh, you know, we've had, uh, at, like always, uh, you know, we've always grown at, at Truckstop. Uh, every single year we've been in existence for now over 26 years, um, but we we continue to have uh, great momentum behind us. Uh, we we have accomplished a, a number of things over the the last uh, three years with Iconic, and and we'll continue to to grow and and uh, continue to serve our customers in in new and innovative ways in the future. Um, so it's it, it's been. It's been great, uh, you know, for the last six and a half years, almost or so. I've I've been CEO, and and uh, as great as those years have been, and as much success uh, as we've accomplished, we're actually uh, just beginning, in my mind, in in terms of what we can do into the future. And so uh, that's part of the reason why I decided to. Uh, retire is that uh, there is a number of opportunities in the future and, and uh, uh, truck stop needs a, a leader that can, uh, can go after those opportunities and, and uh, doesn't have some of the, uh, the, the, the personal reasons that, you know, there's, there are some things that I want to do in the next uh, couple of years and, and uh, it would make it difficult to be CEO and, and do those personal things as well. And, and so uh, for that reason, 
um, you know, as I've talked with the board and, and we just mutually agreed that now's a good time for me to retire uh, because we've had such great success over the last few years and, and we expect great success uh, over the coming years as well. Yeah, your growth has been extraordinary. I mean, so, yeah, to, to, to be able to have that type of vision for the future and the future market opportunities for truck stop uh, is is amazing. So if you could, Paris, just step back a, a, a couple steps. Uh, for those listeners that are on with us and they don't really know what truckstop.com does, can you tell us briefly what what you do? Sure. So um, you can think of truckstop as a marketplace. We're, we're more than that, but in, in simplistic terms, you can think of it like a marketplace. On one side of the marketplace, we have freight brokers and shippers who have goods uh, that need to be moved. And... Uh, for, for maybe most people that don't know a lot about transportation logistics, although we're all becoming transportation logistics experts uh, because of COVID, uh, we've all experienced the, the, the challenges here. But um, most freight uh, uh, is moved through um, through small carriers uh, in in the United States. Uh, it, it's a very fragmented industry, and so for freight brokers and shippers. Uh, who want to move freight, it's a challenge uh, to find these small carriers. And so when a, a freight broker or shipper can't find a carrier, what they do is they'll post that freight out on our website, out on truckstop.com. And then we have been able to work with and, and find these small carriers in, in such a large number that um, on the other side of our marketplace, we have these carriers that come and search for the freight that's been posted by these uh, freight brokers and, and shippers. And so um, we're truckstop.com is a tech, technology company. We're, we're a marketplace where freight brokers and shippers post their freight. And then these small carriers come to our side and, and search for it. And then ultimately, we help the two parties find one another, and uh, make a match, so to speak, uh, and, and then allow those uh, those carriers to uh, to haul the freight for the brokers and shippers. So it's and that's really how that that's how roughly about uh, depending on the year and how you calculate it, it uh, roughly fifteen percent of all freight is moved in the United States is through uh, uh, marketplaces like Truckstop. Um, and uh, we're we're considered what they call the the spot market. Uh, and so we're we're a leader in the spot market rate. Wow! So this fifteen uh, percent comes in through these small. Uh, I, I want to use the word boutique type things, right? They're a smaller trucker, uh, and it and and it. Can you draw? Um, you know, this is really kind of a question now because of COVID and all of the supply chain stuff that's taking place. Can you draw a correlation between? What's taking place with the goods and services that are taking that are moved across the country and the health of the economy? Sure. So, it typically what um, what you see is that when the economy is doing very well, so a lot of goods are being uh, produced, a lot of goods are being uh, purchased by consumers. And that means a lot of freight is moving through the industry. When that happens, there becomes a capacity shortage 
in the industry, meaning that there aren't enough trucks or at least not enough trucks in the right spot to move all of this freight. Uh, so what we see then is that the, the cost to move that freight increases. It's just uh, simple economics, yeah. but uh, 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 so as demand increases and there's a capacity shortage, uh, rates decrease, or excuse me, rates increase, and then that lasts for a time until these carriers are able to buy enough trucks and hire enough drivers to start catching up with the demand. And uh, and then ultimately that leads to an oversupply of capacity and rates will start to decrease. And, uh, uh, and then typically that's when the economy starts to slow roughly about the same time. And so it's actually pretty interesting if you go back and look over time with a pretty um, strong frequency or, or, or regularity, you can see freight, uh, those rates cycle every 18 to 24 months. Um, mm. and, it, and it typically corresponds with how the economy is doing. Um, now, there are uh, other factors that influence that, COVID being one, uh, but, uh, you, you know, it's... Um, Generally speaking, if the economy is doing well, uh, lots of goods that are being moved, then um, the transportation logistics industry is doing well all, uh, as well. As well with that. Well, that's uh, so. So let let's uh, shift a little bit back to uh, just this idea of iconic, uh, because of this is a a great uh, venture fund, right? That came in, uh, purchased uh, truckstop.com, and it happened pretty fast, didn't it? I mean, wasn't this uh, uh, tell us that briefly. Tell us that story. Yeah. So, um, so I- iconic is what they call a, a growth uh, equity fund, um, and, and so what they're focused on is later stage companies that um, are well established companies that uh, have already found product market fit, uh, have strong revenues and uh, and strong growth. And so back in 2019, as a company with our board at that time, we made the decision that um, we were ready for the next phase of our growth. And and as a part of that, we wanted another, uh, uh, we already had a, a private equity firm as an investor, a, uh, a firm called Bergal Sagemount. And they were a wonderful firm, but they were a smaller firm. And so uh, to, to, to really take advantage of the opportunities for, for growth, we wanted a, a larger firm, uh, a firm with different capabilities than what uh, Brickball had. And so uh, we, we started to go through a process. We, we hired an investment uh, uh uh, a bank, uh, a firm to help us with this process to go out and find potential investors in the business. And uh, we actually didn't get as far along in the process as we were thinking we might. We, um, and, and that's because once we started um, the, the process, Iconic became uh, very aggressive, very excited uh, about our business very quickly. And within uh, the matter of uh, just a few weeks, they, they made an offer and we were able to, to get all of that work done in uh, uh, something like, uh, I can't remember, it was, I think, 17 days or something wow. like that. Extremely days, fast. Uh, had it all done. 
in essence. So, you know, it was, it was quick, uh, very quick, but, um, I was, I was, uh, just to let you know, I was involved with a merger from us West cider to air touch that took six years. So <laughs> this was, <laughs> that's 17 yeah. days is crazy yeah. fast. So yeah. Now part of that, I, I should say, you know, we had had a number of discussions with iconic before that. So they, they already knew the business. They'd already done some research, uh, long before we even started our process. But, but yeah, once but they, we actually got in, into, uh, the, the formal, uh, talks with them and, and got things done it, it, it happened pretty quickly. The uh, interesting thing though, is that they had to see the opportunity with truck stop and what you have been doing and growing there with Scott Moss grip and so forth. So, and your team. So, uh, so now you, you've been through this whole thing. What are the couple pieces of advice you'd give to uh, a company that's uh, probably earlier stage trying to look at how their growth, how they can, uh, you know, get the, the right type of capital to continue the growth and scale of, and scaling of their company? What kind of suggestions would you give them? Yeah. Oh, one thing that I have found, and, and this is different than, uh, than some people, uh, but uh, I have found that it really helps to talk with potential investors well before you actually need the money. And, and the reason why uh, I say that is that if you as a company can prove, uh, if, if you talk to an investor, let's say today, and, and you tell them how you're doing and you, and you don't need the money, you're not asking for money, and then you go to that same investor a year from now or six months or nine months from now, and you show them the growth that you've had since that first discussion, that gives that investor more trust in, in uh, your business and in your business model. And that's really what you're trying to sell uh, uh, as the CEO or you know as you're raising capital. You're, you're in essence, you're trying to create trust with that investor base. And if, if you wait, I believe if you wait until you need the money and you only talk to that investor one time, right, you know, right at the same time you're asking for a bunch of money, it doesn't give that investor an opportunity to uh, to create trust in you and in your business. And, and so I think that's a mistake that some CEOs make is they they focus so much time and, and rightly so they you know, they, they, they're trying to grow the business. And I think there's time for that. But I also think, you know, if, if, as a CEO, if, if you have expectations of raising capital, you should be out talking to investors well before um, you, you go through any type of process. Yeah, you got to cultivate those relationships on the capital side, right? I mean, just like you would if you're, you know, you're you're working to be able to get customers to be able to buy your product, you got to get uh, cultivate the relationships with those uh, capital suppliers, right? I think of it like a marriage. Most people wouldn't show up on their wedding day and uh, having only met their their wife, uh, you know, 10 days before their, you know, or a month before they get married. Uh, you know, that that doesn't create a lot of trust for either party. Yeah, that's, that's a very good. I like that. So you, you have to go and work hard at it. Right. So. Right. Right. You, you need to develop those relationships. Make sure that the investors trust you and trust your business. And, and as well, it gives you an opportunity to meet them and, and talk with them and and uh, make sure that, that they're going to be a good fit for your yeah, business. A lot of times you don't know what's going to be developed, right? But you have to, if you don't put the time and energy into it, uh, you won't even know what the opportunity is because people usually want to have that type of relationship as they 
they invest, uh, you know, hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's a good point. There's what, what's another piece of advice you'd give. I think the, the other thing, um, to remember is that, um, as, as the CEO or as the business, you're the expert in operating the business. Uh, the investors are not. And, and while the investors may have great ideas and they may have some things that um, they want you to do, I think it's important to remember that as the, the leader of the company or, or leaders of the company, that you, you know the business best. And, and so you should find an investor that values your, um, your expertise and your understanding of the business and understanding of the industry. Um, there are some firms out there that have a, a playbook and they, they ask you to just follow their playbook regardless of, of what's happening within the business. And, and I, I, I guess I personally don't believe in that. I, I think every business is unique, every, um, even within the business, so, uh, things change year over year and, and what's good for the business in one year may not be good for the business the next. And so, uh, I, as you're out raising capital out talking with investors, make sure that they value you as a leader of the business and they, they value your experience, your, your knowledge, and that they're willing to trust you, uh, with some of those decisions. Uh, because I, I, I think finding an investor who has, that willingness to be consultative uh, with you as as uh, the CEO, I, I think that's just incredibly powerful, and that that's how we've been able to find success with both of our uh, both of the firms that uh, that have been investors in Trump's. Yeah, I like that because they value what you as a leader can bring to guide you know the company as well as they trust you. So that's you know let let's parlay this to one other question for you: How important has culture been? to truckstop.com success? Oh, it has been incredibly important. Uh, and I put, we, we talk about this uh, all the time. I actually believe that culture trumps strategy. Um, that, don't get me wrong, strategy is important. It's incredibly important. Uh, but I, I think culture can get you through difficult times uh, more than strategy can. Um, mm. And uh, we, we've experienced that. I mean, we, we've had a great run you know, over the, the course of the nine years that, that, that I have been actively engaged in truck stop. You know, there have been some challenging times. Uh, and because of our culture that we've created, because we've created trust with our, our people, uh, we've been able to work through those challenging times and, and continue to grow uh, where I think had we not had as strong a culture, um, it, it would have been for certain much more difficult uh, than uh, um, than it was. So uh, I just, you know, we, we talk at TruckStop, we talk a lot about culture. We put a lot of emphasis on it. We have one of our executives, her title is the chief people and culture officer. And she really looks after our people, looks after our culture. And, and uh, yeah, she was an advisor to me as the CEO, and, and she's a, an advisor now to, uh, to our new CEO. Wow. That's a, that's a, this, uh, if, if you take that, how does culture and determination and grit come in? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that 
if you treat if you have a great culture a, a place where people believe in the vision of the company if the people believe in the the leadership of the business and and want to follow um uh the leadership not because they have to but because they want to mm-hmm. i i think you know, when you talk about um, grit, I, I, I think that enables the grit uh, or that enables the determination because people are willing to do things that they normally wouldn't uh, if there wasn't that strong yeah. culture. And so I, I really see culture as the enabler uh, for um, uh, for individuals going above and beyond or, or just doing excellent work within a company. You know, Paris, that was what uh, some, uh, I was talking to somebody just uh, last week that said the grit is the determination because that's when people go above and beyond the call of duty. They do more. And, and you know, what was interesting is that as I've watched uh, uh, truckstop.com and watch your leadership over the last six years, it's been amazing how many people talk about the culture of truckstop.com. And it really starts with what you've accomplished there. So congratulations on that as a um, as the leader of truckstop.com and setting the the, the standard for a, an amazing company. Now, uh, I, I appreciate that, Jay. But I will say I have to I have to say it wasn't me that started this. This was you know Scott uh, Mosscrip, the, uh, the you know the founder. He uh, he created an environment where we could do things that uh, you know where, where we've been able to enhance the culture from what he started. But as as you know, Scott is just an incredible person, incredibly generous, and and we've been able to do some yes, Scott, pretty phenomenal things for uh, for our people. Scott Mosscrip is amazing, brilliant, amazing leader, and uh, as you. Uh, helped us do this a few years ago. We inducted him into the Idaho Technology Council Hall of Fame, and it was an honor for us to do so. Now, let's ask another question. We have Paris Cole at the peak of his life, right? He's like, you're like a, like a, you know, a bear cat that has so much energy and gas left in the tank, right? I mean, you've got so much left. So you're retiring at, at this, at what I would say, I'm going, Paris is retiring He's got so much left to do. Let's talk about that. What's what's now? What's next for Paris Cole? Yeah, you know, I have. Uh, I I've been very fortunate. Um, uh, we we've accomplished some great things as a team at Truck Stop, and, and have been able to do uh, do things that uh, very few companies in the world are able to do. Quite frankly. And, and and so I feel very fortunate. Um, that being said, I've always believed that there's more to life than just working, mm-hmm. and there, there's more there's more um, than uh, uh, you know simply generating more money, uh, whether it's for uh, the investors, whether it's uh, more money for myself, or, or whether it's um, uh, you know, trying to, to help our customers while, while we've got phenomenal customers and it's a great industry. Um, I feel personally that, uh, I feel a pull in different areas. Um, some other things that I, I feel like I need to accomplish, uh, um, personally. And so, uh, some of those things primarily, or, or many of those things, I should say, 
relate to the community and and better serving in our community and and uh, you know while I've been able to do some things over the last nine years, most of my mental and emotional capacity has been focused on truck stop and and so um, now I'm I'm to the point where I, I feel like that needs to change and I need to start spending more more of my time helping the community and and. Uh, uh, also being, being around for my family and, and, uh, uh, my, my wife's going back to school and, and, nice. uh, uh, so, uh, helping her and allowing her to do some of those things and, and uh, well, not we, have as much. We will uh, be looking with great intent on this next iterations of what you're going to be doing. And I know, uh, as a person that grew up in the in the Treasure Valley in uh, eastern East Boise, Southeast Boise, and also over in Caldwell, and uh, and I should I, I'm sorry I called you a Bearcat. I should have called you a Bangle because you're with Idaho State University graduate. You know that was a mistake on my part, Paris. You you can call me Bangle. You can call me a Cougar. I you know went a grad, proud graduate of Caldwell High and, and all those. Uh, and, but we're awesome. we're gonna see you do some. Uh, I mean, we'll just keep an eye on that. We'll we'll uh, we'll have you back on the program uh, in the future, and then we can kind of get an update on what's going on in Paris Cole's life. Does that sound good? That sounds great. I got one last question for you. Okay, the last okay. question is um, if. As you look at the advice you would give to a person that uh, is thinking about uh, maybe taking more entrepreneurial activity, starting a company, or doing something that's taking this big risk in their life, what's the big piece of advice you would give them uh, as they look to start a new company or do something entrepreneurial? I would say don't take investment money too soon figure out make sure that you have good product market fit make sure that you have a customer base that's willing to pay for your product or service before you you, you try to go out and, and raise money and i and i know that that's difficult that's a challenge um but i i think that's part of the success of truck stop quite frankly, is that when Scott founded TrickStop, he created the business model. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were a SaaS company from day one. He had the um, the vision to create a business model long before SaaS was even a really a term. Um, he, he figured out how to be profitable before taking any money. And, and, and it was that process of going through that pain, going through those learnings, really listening to the customer and creating a product that they were willing to pay for. I, I think that has set us up in all of the years uh, since then. And so that would be my, um, I guess my advice is that, uh, you know, there, there's so much money available today that, you know, everyone wants to invest in a company. And, 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 and so while that may be attractive and exciting, I actually think it can be the downfall of many companies because they never truly develop product market fit and they never develop a, a customer base that's willing to, uh, uh, to just simply pay uh, for the, the products and services that the company Paris, provides. Great, great suggestion on the way, because if you get that product fit and you're able to then get customers, especially in a SaaS model like you had, then you have the profitability by which you can do a lot of things. And then when you sell, you have control of the company as opposed to someone else having control of the company, right? So 
Right. And, and, and that's quite frankly, that's what investors love. They love to see and it, 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 it's interesting right now. Um, you know, we we see a big pullback in the public markets uh, in technology companies. You know, they're they're um, down you know a fraction of what they were just a few months ago. Most of the companies that have taken a big hit on their stock price, those are the companies that aren't profitable and don't have a path to profitability. And, and, and I would maybe argue probably shouldn't have ever been public companies to begin with. But those are the ones that have really struggled. And, and, it's, and it's because they never found that, that, um, that path to profitability, that product market fit, and that customer base that's willing to pay for it. And, and so, it's it's an, um, an interesting one, like, uh, like Clearwater Analytics, who just did an IPO. They still are very strong with their IPO, but it's like a lot of them haven't been that way. You're right. They've, got, they've taken massive hits. On that, because of that profitability piece and that right market match, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 and Clearwater is a great example. It's interesting, you know, as I talk with uh, the investment community, a lot of them talk about when they talk about truck stop, they talk about Clearwater, uh, just because we both built businesses that are very profitable, that are uh, growing, um, growing well, and and that's different than maybe uh, how some technology companies have been built. Yeah. Well, uh, congratulations on that, Paris. We uh, want to tell you thank you so much for uh, taking the time with us and being the uh, the executive chair of the Idaho Technology Council for the last couple of years. And uh, we wish you the best in all the things you're going to be pursuing with your retirement. But we know there's so much gas left in that uh, Paris coal tank rig just to see the rest of it. All right. All right. Sounds good. And uh, I'm going to... Uh, Thanks, uh, Paris Cole, again, for being our guest. Uh, this is Jay Larson with the Idaho Technology Council. Thank you for listening. I'd like to thank the entire ITC membership for their continued support to help transform Idaho's future. Be sure to tune in on the 19th when where I will be joined by Andy Scoggin of Stage.O and Scoggin Capital Investment to talk about the upcoming Stage.O conference as well as the Capital Connect conference uh, with the Idaho Technology Council. And again, thanks for joining us on Innovation Matters, because in Idaho, innovation does matter. Thank you so much. Innovation Matters is a production of the Idaho Technology Council. For membership information and to get involved, visit our website at idahotechcouncil.org. Thanks for listening and helping us transform Idaho's future together.